0: Welcome to Fujilove. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fujilove Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to Fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. My guest this week is Bal Batla. Most of you know him as the legendary Mr. Whisper. Uh, I added the legendary part myself because his work is absolutely incredible. His street photography is second to none. Uh, Bal, it's great to have you on the show, man.
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, Oh, thank you so much for um, such a, such a kind introduction. And I'm we're very, very happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite, Mark. Well, you live up to that name. First of all, awesome name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's the best photographer's name that you can have, especially for something as uh uh covert as street photography, because <laughs> you're you're just like you're just like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it speaks it's for itself too i mean you you're no joke you're no slouch
1: oh wow that's 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 huge praise that's so kind of you to say thank you so much
0: um so i, I gotta say i again kind of like floating under the radar uh when I first heard of you mm-hmm. it was i i thought it was when Uh, you did some promotional work with Fujifilm on the X-T5.
1: You did uh, some of their videos. That's right. That's right. Um, Absolute dream project that was. Um, uh, Would you like me to elaborate on that now? Well, before we do that, put a pin
0: in that. I I realized that I was a fan of yours ever since the Google Pixel 3 and the Galaxy S20.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: Because... You made such iconic photos to to promote them, and 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 and, you know the the brands use their those photos everywhere, Mm -hmm. and and so they they are beautiful photos. And and oh wow, I've been I've known your work since that time, Um, and then I've seen other things that you've done uh, here and there, Uh, just glancing through your website it was like oh i remember that i remember
1: that (laughs) (laughs) oh wow that's so cool that's so cool
0: so now it's great to put uh uh the 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 owner to the photos uh in in the right place so uh so yeah let's talk about the xt5 uh first of all how do you like the camera and how was the project
1: um well the 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 project was an absolute dream for me um I have been very lucky to be working with Fujifilm over the last year or so, and um, I think ever since we'd, they, they'd kind of uh, invited me to come and meet them, I had been bugging them about the XT5 because personally I'd been using the XT3 since the day it had come out, and I was very happy with it. you know I saw I saw all the features of the XT4. I was very tempted. But since the X-T1, I had been purchasing, you know, the new series on the day it came out. So from the transition to the X-T3 to the 4, I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold off. I'm very happy with it. Video hasn't, didn't, hadn't kind of caught my, you know, my my kind of creative landscape, shall we say. So I was more kind of photography focused. Yep. And, uh, and so Fujifilm invited me in and I thought, this has got to be the time for the X-T5. Yes, this is it. And no it wasn't it was just an, uh, an introduction saying that they you know they liked my work and stuff, so as the year progressed and we worked on various projects um, finally it was last August um, they got in touch and they said that they had a very secret project for me and so when I went in and met them about mid August they handed me the x t five along with the fifty six uh, the new fifty six mil um, 56 is my favorite kind of i'll just drop that <laughs> that's probably my favorite focal <laughs> length um you'll see a lot of my work has kind of along my journey moved in that direction it, it's moving somewhere else now but right now and at the point of the time when i was introduced to the xd5 that setup was just incredible so yeah they approached me and they said what would you like to do with it you know um we, we we really want to push this as a street photography device like machine it's it's absolutely built for it and uh, especially with the low light capabilities we'd love you to to do something with it so i went away had a talk with some of my photography friends to see you know i'm i'm so used to to doing london showcasing london but i really wanted to take it away from the city but go to a city that i had like had dreams of and was definitely on my street photography bucket list um, which was Stockholm. And Stockholm has, you know, such a beautiful... It was mainly the underground. I mean, I'm such yeah. a, a a huge fan of the underground. A lot of my um, early beginnings of street photography is predominantly the underground because that's where it started for me. I'd be commuting to and from work, and my only chance to shoot was on the trains, on the tube, on the underground. And I loved it. So... You know, following following on from that kind of passion, I had always wanted to go to Stockholm. So I said, "We have to go to Stockholm." You know, it has both the underground, but above ground also the beautiful, you know, neon lit city, which is just going to be such a great kind of testing ground for the XT5. So, um, yeah, the, the the team at Fujifilm made it happen um, despite a lot of hurdles. We got there with the tight deadline set from. You know HQ in in Japan. We made we put the project together, and I was just you know I, w- I was I was I was getting used to the camera, but I felt how the XT five had just, especially from the XT three, how it just gone up in just yeah. every shape and form. The performance, you know the the speed of it was phenomenal, and um, and the quality of the new, you know the the new um, the processor you could see that in the images so clearly because it's the first time that I was able to really zoom into an image and see the detail, whereas sometimes in the past, I'd feel it was lost, especially in low-light um, low scenarios. Um, I guess the thing that I, I didn't mention in between that is that in between the X-T3 and the X-T5, I did pick up an X-T4 because I had, I'd, gone to, I'd gone on a trip to Seoul, South Korea, yeah. Amazing, another amazing location to shoot and it was there where my xt3 decided to, to to like say hey enough's enough you've done like more than i think it was two hundred thousand actuations. so like Jeez. and and it served me for every client perfectly rain wind snow it was incredible and i was just i knew that the xt5 was coming so i was like holding out but it, it was like enough's enough so i managed to pick up Probably only there was. I think there was only three Chrome XT fours in Seoul. So I managed to navigate my way and pick that up. Had it for a few months, and then when I got back from Seoul, I was presented with the XT five. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was yeah that was my little short time with the XT four until I moved on to the XT five. So I did have uh, a little kind of romance with the XT four, but yeah, picking up the XT five. Then I could really feel how it had become smaller, lighter, the the kind of very subtle nuances to the grips, everything that you wanted to kind of make it that that really kind of I don't know just the perfect um, companion to be on the street with you. That's what I found. Yeah,
0: I uh, I have yet to pick it up. I I absolutely want the camera, but uh, that's that like. The moment business picks up, that, that is the first camera I'm, I, I am. That's my
1: next purchase period. Oh, I mean, I've been inundated. Obviously, there's been a lot of, like you said, my, my you know, I've done a lot of, uh, I was lucky enough to have the XT5 for so long. So people have been asking me, what well, do I get? The XT3, XT4, XT5. And, you know, in the past, I've, I've, I'm sitting here with my whole collection, you know, the one to five, and I've never, Um, sold the previous one because i've thought this works absolutely fine when it comes to the end of its life send it off to fujifilm they service it for you it comes back brand new so it's ready to go ready to sell in fact but i would i don't want to do that because i've always felt this can be the backup camera in case the other one goes down yeah however (laughs) with the xt5 i'm not sure how you know if the X-T5 was to go down at on, on a job and I had to pick up the X-T4 and in certain environments, I just don't know if it would be able to keep up. So that's how big a step I felt it went from the X-T4 to the X-T5. Um, and it's just, for me, I can really feel it. Um, I feel like my hit rate has gone up so much. Um, you know i' I've, I've, i remember i wrote a blog about it and it, and i called it like the zero to 60 almost you know from the moment you you see the frame you can lift up the camera switch it on get that focus on and and get that get the frame that you have in your mind it was literally being able to create those moments that i had in my mind's eye yeah uh, you know not not every single time um but the majority like i said my hit rate has gone up I'd go out for an evening and maybe I'd come back with, you know, I don't know, five shots that I was really maybe, you know, happy with three that might see the light of day on social. But now I'm coming back and I've, you know, I've easily from each night I have 10 photos. I'm more than happy to share. Oh, that's incredible. It's, it's, it, it, it feels like, you know, my, my job just got so much easier. (laughs) <laughs> it's not like, wow. This isn't a struggle. It's like someone's, you know, it's suddenly, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Uh I mean, granted,
0: XT5, amazing <laughs> camera. I can't wait to buy it. I can't wait to have it. I can't wait to call it my friend. Uh, <laughs> Love that. What what is it about the XT uh series that just drew you into doing street photography where other photographers would have preferred the uh, X Pro Series,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, I was originally I was very um, <laughs> I was very against getting a big camera. You know, on my journey started with a smartphone. Yeah, and uh, and and even with a smartphone, I had great success working with like clients like uh, Lonely Planet, Jaguar, Adidas, and and Lacoste. And then I remember it got to a point where one of the clients came back to me and said, hey, we love the photos you've shot for this campaign. We want to put them in store across Europe. Here's a check for you. And then I was like, yeah, but we've, you know, this was 2013, I believe, and iPhones were, you know, you were able to print out something, maybe an A5 maximum. So I was, at that point, I was like, you know, this is – Now this is getting serious. I need to upgrade my camera. So I spoke to one of my friends who knew about cameras. You know, he was, back then it was, he was the Canon guy and he was, he was on his shift. Everyone was in that transitional period of moving from Canon to Sony or Sony to mirrorless. You know, it was, it was very transitional period. So in my mind, he was the go-to guy who knew everything about, um, technically about cameras so he took me to a store and we went in to get a sony and the guy in the shop was you know i looked at the sony it, it, it was it was a camera but then he also presented me with the xt1 he said this has just come out from fujifilm maybe you'd, i looked at it and it was almost love at first sight um you know i i, I have a designer background when i worked in advertising and the aesthetics just spoke to me immediately. I said, "That's what a cameras supposed to look like." You know, it was. Uh, I think it was the all black version. And when he said, "There's a chrome version," I was just like, "I'm sold." Mm-hmm. Held it, put it in my hand, and I was like, "I mean, this this even looks good." You know, I, you, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like it's like a, a rapper when he has a chain. You know, you, you're going to be wearing this thing around your neck. so It has to look good. And and yeah. I was like this. And my friend looked at me and he goes, "That is just you." So that, that, was, that, that is exactly how it happened. And I was just sold on it from the aesthetic. I was able to, to look at the dials and say, look, you know, I, I can see everything and how almost the camera operates. Maybe it was the, that simplicity rather than maybe going through buttons and stuff. But it was certainly that traditional layout that moved me more towards the, um, the XT series rather than the X Pro series. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And
0: so you, yeah. you went right from smartphones to Fujifilm.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was my my camera of choice. People put other cameras in my hands um during that period, but I uh, I just I it's never lacked anything. You know, if there's a reason to change, it's because there's something wrong and I've never felt at any point in my journey that oh my gosh i can't achieve what i want to achieve um but like i said with because it's been such a big upgrade to the xt5 now it feels like everything's so much easier um so yeah it's uh that's that for me is you know when people say why haven't i gone full frame or medium format my i i you know maybe if for a personal interest i might do that um i mean obviously my clients work would 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 benefit from it but there is absolutely there's nothing that's demanding it from me um you know professionally client wise uh if i get a bill if i were to get a billboard job then certainly i'd pick up one of the medium formats that's certainly a dream for me moving forward but uh right now my work sits you know majority on digital platforms it's seen online and uh (laughs) and these cameras Uh, you know, any, most big cameras can, can perform, you know, above and beyond what's required for those platforms. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you
0: switched from the, the, the smartphone to the camera, was there a little bit of time where you had to get used to the camera or, or was it just off to the races? Like what was your first first lens that you used? I would imagine it would be close to what you were using with the, uh, with a smartphone, which most of them are like
1: eighteen millimeters, I think. You got it. You got it. It was it was actually the kit lens um, that I got with the XT one, the eighteen to fifty five, and I remember I went straight off to uh, Dubai with it, and I was just just playing. I mean, literally, I put everything in automatic, and I was out just constantly trying to use it instead of my phone. So I was like, "No more phone. This is this is my phone," and I'd just be using it, using it, and then I'd come back at the end of the day, and I'd sit. I'd be like, why is why is this guy all blurry? Why is you know? And then slowly the exposure triangle came, you know, came about, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this makes sense to me," and and then it was just taking one dial at a time off um, automatic until I became, you know, kind of it's like anything you put the hours in and it just became kind of human nature. But again, for me, that's, that's one thing that I, you know, like I said, the dials are all very visual. You can see exactly where you are all the time. And, and in which case I'd be able to correct myself when I knew, Oh, actually that guy was blurry last time because he was under one, one, two fifth of a second. So let's make sure we're there and then we'll be able to ensure that we've got some clarity, you know, with the motion. So for me, it was all step by step, quite slow. Um, but I remember the, the time it was just, it was the fact that I was able to see at night for the first time I was, Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, this is, this is a whole new world of like possibility. I don't have to put my phone away at night and, you know, just do what I can continue taking photos at night. And, uh, and that's what really really kind of spurred me on with it it was it was just suddenly i had this i don't know i just i just i think the low light aspect of it just really caught my attention and i felt you know this is the kind of work i really want to continue making um potentially just you know for my for my street photography to have more kind of focus so yeah at the background it's always been this low light street photography um as you, as you as you probably know from the like the Samsung stuff and the Google Pixel as far back as that so yeah that was uh...
0: so let's 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 rewind the clock a little bit more uh because I'm really curious uh when you started photography you had your uh, smartphone device which <laughs> one which of the smartphones did you like really start like digging into photography like what oh yeah what, and where did the photography Passion come from. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, where where did that all start?
1: Okay, so um, so before being a photographer, I was a creative director in advertising, and I was creative di- digital creative director at Samsung UK. And basically, at the time, social was becoming exploding. Basically, yeah. all the brands wanted a piece of it. They want you know every campaign had to um, include a piece of social. Within it, so that was exactly why I was brought in. Uh, I previously worked with Apple, and Samsung had kind of poached me in to become their creative director to do all that kind of digital social good stuff. And I absolutely loved Web two, the introduction of it, the exploration, and that's ultimately how me and photography cross paths because that's where Instagram came along, and I was, I was, I was just. Kind of shooting away every day with that, and then my my kind of Instagram account. Well, I was I was vlogging. You know, I, it was vlogging that got me into it. Actually, to be oh, truthful, really, yeah, I, I really wanted to vlog. I saw people with blogs like Tumblr's, and but I w- I just didn't have the time. And I'm I'm not probably the best writer. I'm a, I'm a visual storyteller. And so when Instagram came along, I was vlogging. I thought you said vlogging. Oh, so yeah, yeah I meant blogging. I meant blogging. Yes, I, meant, <laughs> I did say blogging. Um I meant blogging. Sorry. So <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. So there was like Tumblr, all of those. And, and I was trying all of them because, you know, part of my job was about working with influencers. So I was like, how do these influencers guys work? But then, um, yeah, Instagram came along. And I was immediately hooked. I was like, this is how I communicate with the world. I can just take bite-sized stories, like I said, every day to and from work as I'd go, as I'd go into work. And and then it, it just grew from there. Um I I just, you know, I, I found myself absolutely captivated with it. And I am oh what what was the question? What, oh, sorry, we have to roll back to. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. where, where, so, what
0: was the spark that ignited that love for photography? Yeah. Um, I mean, you were with the smartphone devices. Where, where did that
1: Where did that connection happen? Uh, like, where Where did yeah. that start? Yep. Yeah. So I was. So yeah, as as I was using my smartphone, and then. I was using it every day on Instagram. I just found how um, there were so many apps that I was able to use, and at that point in time, I was I was very kind of uh, very visual, so I, I was very proficient in Photoshop and things like that. So w- with the fact that you had all these apps, I was like, I can I can literally do Photoshop on a phone and make these pho- photos look beautiful, and and so that's that's. That's kind of how I got into photography because I didn't realize that you could add, you know, an aesthetic or a filter or stuff to things like that. And that I think being able to do it all on my phone really made it simple to me because big cameras just felt very complicated. And I, it, was, it was that, like I said, I continued that for, for a few years and my Instagram account began to grow. And then when I attra- started to attract clients, Um, you know that that, as I said previously I I missed out on a big kind of chunk of campaign work and I thought you know this is when I I need to upgrade from a smartphone to a proper camera yeah and
0: so it's funny that uh, you go from um, the, the, the smartphone where you get to add filters to Fujifilm where you get to actually play with the 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 films
1: that everything is based off of <laughs> yes yes i mean that's that's funny because a lot of people assume i i use simulations and stuff because of the fuji film that's one part i've i've probably neglected through like a lot of my journey Fascinating. i, I thought you would be all over that but and and now i mean for me it's it's on my list for 2023 it's to Try and make you know the ultimate kind of recipe to see what I can get just straight out of the camera, because you know there's there's a lot of interesting tutorials on YouTube about how you recreate the ultimate Portra four hundred, sorry, a Portra four hundred, and uh, you know I've been I've been trying those and and I'm I'm intrigued. I really love some of the you know the aesthetics that you get out of it, but I guess where they got lost to me was, I think a lot of those work in bright sunny days (laughs) because I'm working in low light. That's where I kind of need to rework my, um, rework my recipes. I guess that's where I really want to investigate and see if I can create some really beautiful low light recipes simulations. That that would be amazing.
0: Especially if you can copy some of like the, the cine Mm. still, uh, films that, that just, really pop it with with the halations and everything exactly yes yes yeah I, I wonder how all right so the ongoing joke is that i've uh, i I've been like in love with one of the film simulations and I think I've mentioned it in every episode since march <laughs> Uh, so uh, regular listeners hang in there one more day <laughs> yeah um, so Nostalgic Neg is probably my my favorite um, my favorite one and I would say the only time that one does not work is Noontime Harsh Light mm-hmm. I think you can make it work in er- any other moment so I'd be curious to see What you would be able to do with nostalgic neg especially now that you have the xt5 where it's only on the uh,
1: xt5 and the xh series Mm -hmm. Um, yes i mean i'm i'm very excited to explore the simulations because it is honestly you know one of the biggest questions i get asked all the time. So what is the simulation? What is this? And I was like, I'd, I'd love to be able to answer that so simply and say, it's this, go, go get it, you know, go do it. But um, yeah. So before,
0: are you strictly uh, a raw ph- uh, photographer or uh, yeah.
1: you just leave it on the default Provia? So I have it, I, I might have it on classic Chrome um, yeah. at most. And then my white balance, I mean, there's, there's some new white balance features on the X-T4, five I believe maybe they've been upgraded on the others but so I just go for white priority on the on the white balance yep and uh yeah. and what else and uh I and and I do shoot in raw and jpeg but the raws are simply for my archives everything you see everything you've ever seen I would imagine unless it's in print is a jpeg that's amazing awesome um like i said we do, we're we're on digital screens um the, what comes out of the camera is amazing enough. I just have to give it a little bit of loving and and then it's it's really it's really good to go um obviously i have my you know my my lightroom uh not they aren't presets in in any shape or form i would say it's a it's the foundation source that goes on and then we we begin each piece individually depending. On how it should feel and how it should make you know how people should feel after they've seen the image, basically.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: yeah. Please.
0: When uh, you got into photography, what what is it about street photography that, that drew you in? Uh, is it um, like is it the the people the the environments? Um, what what is it about street photography that that made you go that direction?
1: Hmm. I mean, I think it was, I had, I, I did explore everything. I tried, you know, well, with with your smartphone, you're everywhere. So I, I tried landscape stuff. Um, I would try architecture. Um, but street photography, how did, I just, I think it was the story. Stories between people. Like I said, I was shooting people on the tube every day, and then I would get messages from people like on the other side of the world, which was just, just felt amazing. So, oh, we we don't bother reading our little like newspaper um, cartoon strips anymore. We'd just rather come and see your morning commute and, you know, watch, you know, the, the stories that people would make up in between them. So, you know, I think it was, it is really it was it was all about that humor and human interaction for me um those stories that people could relate to and and it just made sense to me i was i was like you know your you, your photography should invite people into question relate entertain or have some level of you know engagement and, and, there's, and there's nothing more entertaining than being on the tube every day, I find. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, it, it, you know, it, it got me thinking. And, and then from there, I just started looking at... I remember I saw this guy who would shoot landscape stuff, but he would use this very HDR style. And I was like, you can't use HDR in street photography because it's moving. But then I was like, potentially there's there's a moment on the tube where people aren't moving and that's when the train stops and i could potentially get a hdr shot right then as the, as we approach the platform so i would manage to get these hdr looking street photography shots which i'd never kind of seen before um, obviously i look back at them now and i cringe because they're so heavily um, edited <laughs> And, you know, you, you can't see any detail. It was all, it was all like clarity to 600% or something, but, yeah. um,
0: early HDR is kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh, what the black and white and selective color.
1: Yes. of course. Uh, yeah. 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 that The kind of Schindler's yeah. look. Yeah. 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 Really <laughs> so, um, so, but you know, that, that, that just spurred me on to just try and do things a little bit differently. Um, I didn't see many people shooting underground at that time as well, you know. The, the, and I, I found it just very easy and uh, really enjoyed it. There was such an adrenaline rush I felt from, you know, I, it would it would all be shooting from the hip, and so after after I'd shot, I'd have to look at and see, oh my god, I got the shot. Oh no, it's, it's there's nothing you know so oh, i uh, it was such a joy <laughs> it made my it made my journey to work and back home so much fun <laughs> so I, you know what i keep forgetting how
0: how really instagram changed so much in photography yes uh, it, it made everybody it made it, it gave you an excuse to take photos uh whereas yeah. before you i mean if you took photos great there was really never a platform that i mean granted yes i understand there was uh Flicker. and things like that but just something so clean mm. and very easy to use i mean just i mean right off your smartphone it's yes. easier than that exactly. nice little panels and just wow there was not everybody tried but
1: instagram is the one that got it yeah yeah it just made it so inviting you know i like i said i hated not hated that's very strong i disliked photography because i felt it was very technical and 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 you know my my boss at my agency always walked around with a leica and he said you know creative directors should always walk around with Leica cameras around their neck. He was, he was joking, but he was just, he he was, he would do the same thing. He would like take photos, upload them to Flickr, which, which kind of got me to do it with my smartphone. I was like, I don't need a big camera to do that. I can do it all with a smartphone. So Yeah, Instagram has, you know, as much as I think a lot of people don't like to admit it, um, I don't mind admitting the fact that it certainly opened the photography gates for me, invited me in, and then the community within it made me felt very welcome with the art that I was presenting, (laughs) even if it was this horrendous, like, 600% clarity, you know, shots of commuters, you know, it was all alert. Everyone was on the same boat. And we were all learning at the same time, and, uh, and we all sucked. <laughs> yeah, we were, and we all sucked with you know with such pride. And and I remember you know all the other like real photographers with big cameras were looking down at us like this is just not photography. So <laughs> it was just disruptive, and it was great. So I think yeah that that it has it I, it plays a big role for me. Um, I, I still remember the time where you know I got my first few jobs. And I turned around, um, she, she wasn't my, yeah, my, my wife right now, At the, she wasn't at the time, but I said to her, look, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to take six months out of work and just try and pursue this, this, these jobs that I'm getting in. You know, after working with Jaguar, Adidas, Lacoste, they were on par with the clients I was working with in my ad agency. And I was well-versed in how to treat clients, how to put together presentations, so I was a bit ahead of the curve in terms of how to, how to you know how to how to deal with a client. Whereas
0: you were ahead of the game. That that's
1: that is some great serendipity right there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I'd always kind of I think it was when I was when I was tasked with kind of investigating the world of social, and I found these influencers, and it was on the Tumblr platform, which is the most you know vintage of vintage blog platforms yes and 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 i was just like wow like i've i've put myself to become a creative director because i love technology i love visual storytelling and i love coming up with new ways to communicate with my audience and and all of these things you know what i was able to do with instagram as well so i was like if i can do this somehow that that's why I just, you know, it just, it just made such a playful creative platform to, for me to engage with. yeah it yeah.
0: Good times. That's awesome. Like you, 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 I mean, that puts you in a great position to do absolutely anything. You already speak that corporate language, you know, exactly what they, they are looking for to, to move forward. And uh, I mean, think about it. You, 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 could stop this right now. Go into painting or something, and probably do the same thing and, and make you know they're the you'll be the Banksy that everybody wanted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold that thought. <laughs> oh my god! To spoil anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it's it's funny you say that because I'm working on something new this year. Um, It is photography related, but it's uh, it's something that I want to add to the photography industry, uh, which I feel is missing. But I'm in very early stages of talks with that, um, both with Fujifilm and other partners who can help this. Very cool. That sounds amazing. And uh, I want in. (laughs) We will have to remeet when I have when I can say more on that issue. On that right on the, the deal. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um,
0: so I, I gotta say, some of the things that you've done, um, w- with, with this great ability to to basically be on both sides of the fence, you did some amazing stuff. Like <laughs> I, I gotta. The the Star Wars Rogue One project, oh, the nerd in me just went nuts because <laughs> like, you you were able to take the entire cast a, a, yeah. in, in London and just so tell me I mean walk us through that
1: like so this this again was uh, this is probably one of the talk, whenever I'm invited to speak at an event this is hundred percent I will never not talk about the star wars project because it's such a big deal. I mean, um yeah, I got I got the email and it was <laughs> Lucasfilms and they're like, yeah, we want to we want to work it was Disney, you know, and Lucasfilms, that's right. Yes. And they just said uh, we feel that your aesthetic style is, you know, very close to the new Rogue One movie and we would love for you to commission you to come up with a London street series um which you know, which reflects some of the movie moments because Rogue One was of um, parts were shot in London, and it was mainly because of my fascination with the underground. You know, a lot of the the battle stations were shot at Canary Wharf, um, which were remodeled to become the the Empire's base. Yeah, so I I, I was learning all the way. I mean, I was I was a Star Wars fan, but not like mega mega fan. So. At the same time as being a great project, it also did fill me with a bit of fear because it has such a strong community. So me coming up with some, some, you know, half-baked visuals that are completely not in line with the story, you know, meaning I had to work very closely with them when I would come up with the visual concept to say, is this something that even exists in the world? And they were like, yes, this could happen in this certain scenario We'd talk it all through. Um, and then I was able to I was able to get access to the original props from the film. Oh. So this was, you know, they gave me a list. It didn't mean anything to me, really. I was again, I was like, look, what we want here is something like a, a massive gun or something like this. And, you know, in the end, uh, it got a lot of stuff got pulled back. We got the we got the stormtroopers helmet, which is obviously super iconic. We did get a few guns, but I think the funniest thing for me was, me being a street photographer, I shoot, you know, I'm very agile, nimble, so we had the shot list for the day. Obviously, um, Canary Wharf was on there, but it's heavily, there's so much security at, um, at Canary Wharf. And the Disney client who was with me on the shoot, they were following me around all day, and there was a security guard. Who was carrying all the original props and guarding them everywhere we were? Because you know, when I was laying it on the floor, he didn't want anyone to run by and grab it. So he was his job for the day was just to secure all the props. So when we moved into Canary Wharf, um, I had to. I, I just had to. They had to trust me. I said, "Look, I can't take security there with me. It's just going to be me, one of the models, um, because we had made a mock-up for like a metro wrap." And we would put some kind of, uh, uh, what was it, some propaganda on the front of it. So uh, if you look closely, you'll see it's like a metro wrap. Because a lot of the scenarios that I came up with were exactly what I'd shoot in my street photography kind of world. But let's just put a twist on it. So instead of, hey, look, it's just a businessman going on his way home from work. Hey, look, it's a stormtrooper on his way home from work. So it was just these lovely subtle twists which worked out. Nice.
0: But unfortunately um, the the all the controversy stuff uh, Disney did.
1: So <laughs> you're, yes. you're, you're you're pretty safe. <laughs> exactly. And you know, after I did that, then they um, they were really happy with the set that, that I'd produced for that particular project. So they invited me to the opening uh, of the Friends and Family premiere. And then it was on the same night as the premiere at Leicester Square. So it was, it was amazing because, first of all, they wanted to exhibit my photos that I had taken for the, the Street Series at the premiere at Leicester Square. And then they were said, unfortunately, you can't go and visit that because we'd like you to shoot the entire cast and crew at the Take Modern at, the pri- at their private screening. Oh my god! Tate Modern, incredible. They dressed it. You know, it was dressed like um, a scene from Star Wars, and uh, and I remember. I don't know if you've ever been to the Tate Modern, but the entrance is absolutely epic. It's huge, and uh, it's the the main kind of turbine hall. And so they said all the press were there, but they said for the first like two minutes, you have the entire cast in the middle. And they were like holding back, you know, the uh, the the press like bulls at Pompidou or so. It was just like, <laughs> uh, and, and they were like, "Who's this guy? Who's just got?" And it, it, it's so funny because I have certainly felt the tension over the years between press and kind of this influencer uh, photog- You know, that like obviously I can I was doing social content for them and uh, and stuff for the press as well, but. Yeah, it were, It that was definitely a moment to remember for me. Such a, 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 a guy, I don't know, but the <laughs> strong in him, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was. Yeah, I still pinch myself to the to this day for those opportunities. So, so oh, amazing. It's safe to
0: say that uh, you're um, you're a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I wish I'm still. I'm still learning. I still have many years of learning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, look, all you need to find is a Sith Lord to defeat, and you'll be all set. Uh, you'll yeah. be the official moniker.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh, actually, one thing, one thing that actually what did, How could I forget? Sorry, I'm going to pull back to the uh, Star Wars story. But the big, one of the biggest highlights of that was being able to have a meeting with Greg Frieser he's Grieg Frieser is like, he's the DOP, the direct yeah. photography on, on anything that's anything. He did Dune recently, Bat, the Batman. And he, he got to look at my work and he was the guy who was like, wow, I can see how your work matches with Rogue one. Obviously he was just being very polite because now I look back and I'm like, wow, he was, he was really <laughs> extending the olive, olive leaf there. Um, but, like just being able to have a few minutes of his time in a meeting um, and just, you know, kind of guiding me on what was cool to do with the scenarios and where I would find, you know, the great, the great kind of locations was just, yeah, for me, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a highlight for me. Just knowing that
0: I would have loved to see what you could have done with uh, the the cast from the solo movie. Maybe the movie. will oh, come better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I. Uh, yes. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> I. I really do enjoy that. Um. Yeah. Shooting the the movie side of things. Um. Like working on set as well. That's that's a lot of fun for me. I I honestly didn't think it would. I was like, hey, I'm a street photographer. What am I doing here? But it's it's just as enjoyable. It really is that adrenaline rush of capturing those key moments. Again, it's just about capturing those connections or stuff that people will relate to. So yeah, I, I, I do enjoy those moments.
0: What about, uh, dead pixels? Uh, I thought at first it was, a uh, a project that you were working with Zach Arias, but, uh, it turns out that it's a TV show. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, that's right. Again, that was uh, that was that was very cool. That was a again. They the Channel Four or E4 reached out to me and said, "We, you know, we want to go with a, a very distinctive aesthetic for this uh, new TV show we've got coming up. It's quite forward-thinking. Everyone's, you know, a gamer, and obviously, it took. I think it was it was a, yeah, it was it was a, a ahead of its time when it was due, when we were filming." And and they just wanted me to shoot to create all the kind of possible media uh, touch points, so stuff that would be in papers, on Netflix, on you know on the streaming on on demand, on magazines, so anywhere or anywhere that you would see dead pixels, that's where you would see my work. And the way that I would do that is that for six weeks I went on set with them um, to shoot the first season. And was just yeah, uh, it would you know we we had a a plan of action how we we would do it. They would shoot their scene. Once the scene was definitely wrapped, I would be given thirty seconds to one minute to get as many shots as I could, recreating certain moments within the scene that I had just seen. If that makes sense. Sorry for saying seen so many wow, times. Thirty
0: seconds. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was because they were behind schedule and you know they had the studio for such a limited period of time you know there were some moments where i'd I'd be given less so i would almost just shoot from where i was standing i was like okay this looks very similar to what the camera's seeing i'm happy with that frame um it was it was very quick turnaround but again they came to me because everything was low light everything had this uh and yeah just just a very nice mood to it and to me, it just felt like it suited, you know, what I do and I, I I enjoyed it and, and still keep in touch with, uh, with some of the, the, the cast to this day. That's pretty awesome. And, um,
0: the, the other project that you had that looked amazing was, uh, uh, art of London.
1: Oh yes. Yes. Uh, that, that was a, a very enjoyable project. Um, Again, I, I, you know, as I since late 2021, um, when I first um, began working with Fujifilm, they have just been giving me such uh, a lovely variety of opportunities for me to talk about my various strands of photography. So, you know, I did a print project with them, and then I did where we we investigated and talked about high quality prints. Then we talked about kind of. Um, You know, the campaign of the X-T5 and then I reviewed lenses and then the Art of London project came along and and it gave me the opportunity to be a judge um, and inspire people to to take part in this competition, which was happening in my favorite part of the city, which is the West End of London. Nice. Uh, Yeah, it was just, um, you know, obviously. For me, at this point now, I'm, I'm starting to do workshops and various other bits. So that part of giving back is, is something that I'm really trying to do proactively. And so for me, being able to judge, inspire people to take part in the competition, um, and it being with the brand that I love so much, um, it was, it was um, a perfect collaboration. With all this success...
0: Um... You, you kind of hinted at uh, uh, future projects. Um, is there anything that you have coming up in the future that you can discuss? Um, oh. Like, uh... I see you doing a lot of video projects for other people. Uh, is there anything that you're going to do uh on your terms, uh, like, uh, maybe on your channel that, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to start up because this just lends itself really well to, to, to just seeing more, I guess, uh, like, so nice <laughs> uh, because looking at your stuff, it's, it's like, I do want to know more, see more. And,
1: uh, and, oh, that's, yeah, that's- it's, uh, <laughs> That's so nice to hear because, I mean, personally for me, 20, 2022 was a year for me to really kind of, I guess, just find my create, like, I wanted to stop doing projects that didn't focus on photography or allow me to just talk about photography because, you know, the you often you can run into the trap of just, I need to pay the bills, so I'm going to do this chocolate ad suddenly And suddenly chocolate appears on my feed and it's like, you know, and I had done that in the past. And in 2022, I said, no, no more of that. It's got to be really photography focused. So I I said no to a lot of projects, but thankfully a lot of the projects that, you know, I was able to work on were happy to, to share my vision. Ultimately. Um, One example would be a a charity project came to me and they said, "We, we, we love your style. Um, what we do is we do these workshops where you can people from the community are able to come into these workshops that're absolutely free, book an appointment and repair their old gadgets. And we'd love you to come in to the event and shoot some shoot some the people at the event. Um, you know, for me, I was like, okay, that makes sense. i have a I have a love for tech technology. I want to save the planet in any shape or form that I can. However, the aesthetic of a community hall and people getting things fixed is really not going to work for me. So how can we meet halfway? And so, you know, they let me go away. I had a little think for a while and I came back to them. I said, look, let me just shoot the way I normally shoot. Let's shoot people using the gadgets that they love every day in the street, in their environments. They'll be on headphones, iPods, phones, and I can use that to talk about the community and keeping your Products alive and you know saving the planet so it was it was all about 100 percent focusing more on photography, getting that out, I guess, doing a lot more video work, um, which I did do a lot more video work and now 2023 for me is now about expanding Mr. Whisper Studios itself, so the offerings that I have uh, just yesterday, I opened up my my print shop for the first time ever. In ten years, I'm offering my prints for sale. I've never done that publicly, and I don't know why. But I was like, I should probably do this. A lot of people ask for my work, <laughs> so you know that that just went live on the website. My website, um, as you know, is I'm I'm updating it page by page. So the work section went up two weeks ago. The shop went up yesterday um, to co- to coincide with um, an exhibition that I'm. Um, a part of, which is happening in Hamburg, Germany, which is absolutely amazing. And there's 10 street, well-known street photographers from all around the world who are taking part. So, um, you know, that's that's a, a really nice achievement to happen very beginning uh, at the very beginning of the year. Um, also workshops. And I think uh, one of the more exciting things is my first solo book will be out this year as well. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I've probably been saying this for the last three years because I've been so protective about it and just pushing my publisher back. But this year, I've I've said I'm you know I'm I'm ready. I am ready to get it out because the timing is just right. You know, off the back of everything I've done, um, I j- I'm I'm just my. I think I'm creatively in the right space to put it together and, and get it out because just before I've I've always felt like they've been pushing me or it's been too rushed and or it just doesn't make sense to me and now uh, I just feel everything's aligned so I'm excited to finally get that out of my system so that's going to be exciting so yeah there's just a lot more I think I want to build my own brand like I've I try YouTube I you know I have a few YouTube channels but they take an incredibly long amount of time so I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can do shorter weekly versions of YouTube. Yeah. Um I really enjoy doing reels, so maybe I should just do loads of reels and shorter YouTube videos there. So lots of kind of interesting things for me to keep working on personally and like I said with workshops and stuff to to really encourage others to get out there as well because yeah there's nothing there's nothing more satisfying than seeing someone getting their first absolute banger. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: uh, well, it, it's it's been awesome chatting with you, and I can I could seriously keep going on and on. Uh, <laughs> we got to save something for a part two because I yeah. absolutely want to have you back on, especially uh, when when your book is released uh, to to come here and promote it. Uh, oh. I, I would love to have you back on and pick your brain some more. About just, I mean, there's so much more to talk about. I mean, indeed, they, we could go on all day, and I would love to come back.
1: That's very kind of you to invite me.
0: Amazing. So, in the meantime, uh, tell the world where they can find you on the web.
1: So, uh, you can <laughs> find me on Instagram, um, and that'll be Mr. Whisper. You can find me on my new website, which is at Mr or if you want to check out some of my YouTube channels, uh, my YouTube channel, it's at Mr. Whisper TV. So, and, yes. you know, throughout all of those, you'll be able to find me on various other stuff. But I think those are the the three places where you'll probably find the most interesting stuff. You know what?
0: I was going to save this for part two. Um, for for those, I mean, people are probably tearing their hair out uh, <laughs> asking why I didn't ask this. Uh, oh, interview. I know. We're, <laughs> let let let's, let's start with a teaser. I mean, we can give the long explanation, but where, where does the name Mr. Whisper come
1: from? <laughs> so um, Mr. Whisper is, orig- I used to do graffiti when I was back in art college. Uh-huh. And Mr. Whisper was my tag that you would see everywhere. And then, and then once, I, once I stopped doing my graffiti, um, I used it, and then when social media came along, I thought I didn't trust the internet and I didn't want to give my real name out. So I joined everything as Mr. Whisper. I thought, Oh, I really liked my old graffiti name of Mr. Whisper. Sounds cool. Works well, put it on all the platforms. And, uh, lo and behold, it's now my brand and company and everything that I work for. And, and yeah, people seem to like it. So, uh, so I wasn't far yeah. from the Banksy comment. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've not it's, it's 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 definitely um, always been a creative outlet for me. Um, I think one of the most in-depth um, kind of meet the photographer videos I did was with Art of London. So they've got a video up on their site, which is just like really goes into like the history of Mr. Whisper, if anyone's interested. That's it's, also, it's also on my website, I believe. Yeah. Right on. The rest will be for part two. (laughs) Amazing. Awesome. That's so cool. I look forward to it already. My my
0: pleasure. I I mean, thank you so much for for taking the time on your uh, Saturday. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, man.
1: Oh, lovely. You enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And I look forward to speaking with you again, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji love magazine for the latest and greatest in all things, Fujifilm X series and GFX head on over to Fujilove.com subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter, mostly Instagram though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, X-Mark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life, and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.